Sartre, a Mistrobin, a Zarta. A day Sartir Give me the power I beg of you! Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I have got a motley crew here to speak oh. with you this evening. You know, I get in trouble <laughs> when I do things like that. I never pull them out, so there we go. We are discussing rock and roll horror tonight. So we have got... Rias Hall. I am from Scarecrow Video, which is one of the world's largest film archives that you can rent movies from. And I watch a lot of movies. A lot. I'm Jillian Venters from Gothic Charm School, and uh, I have a tragic hair metal past. Yes. I'm Jennifer Levy, your host. I'm Handsome Boyfriend Jim. I have a... I don't consider my, my hair metal past tragic. <laughs> but my hair is gone, so... Aww. Well, I'm Jeff Harris from Fanboy News Network. My hair is still present, but a lot grayer than it used to be. <laughs> because and of my tragic hair metal past. Because of your tragic hair metal past is a big part of it. <laughs> and so I have a lot of, of music horror stories that yes. are mostly about bass players somebody may or may not have dated. <laughs> well, it's okay. I know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We're all family. It's all right. So, uh, before we get on to rock and roll horror, um, horror, as I enunciate, as we get on to rock and roll horrors, the documentary, wait. Um, the Gene let, Simmons story. The Gene oh. Simmons, no, the Paul Stanley. <laughs> um, Would you ladies like some soup? <laughs> so this is horror. This is a horrible story, and it deserves mention. So I, you, I think I told it on this podcast once, but I'll, I'll, start, really I'll happily say it again. So, I went to I went and saw Kiss live, but I saw them I think two years ago. <laughs> I came through with Def Leppard, so woo! Um, but uh, saw saw Kiss and Paul Stanley being old yet still rocking that hairy chest V yeah. outfit. Oh, yeah, just looking amazingly good. Anyway, he used to, you know, scream out to the crowd, you know, he'd yell, yell yeah, at yeah. the crowd, be like, are you guys ready? But he, he's... You can't do he that can't, anymore and still sing for the rest of the yeah, concert. Yeah, he's his voice. No, he can't do it with a, his voice. So now he just... He just pitches his voice up. But when he does that, he sounds like the exact stereotype of a Jewish grandmother. He sounds like a Bobby. <laughs> uh, are you guys ready to rock? Just like expecting him to ask, are you chilling? Do you need us? <laughs> We were just in Portland. They said that they rock harder than you. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. It, it looks like you're a little chilly. Would you like a sweater? <laughs> Perhaps yeah. there's something to be said for not seeing reunion tours. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That, <sighs> the, oh. The, the Motley Crue Alice Cooper show was great. Amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. What, what was it that when you went to get that book signing? Oh, when, when Nikki Six did... Yeah. A in-store signing for the photo book that he produced. That he, because he's a a fairly good photographer, and he did a lot of weird rock and roll photojournalism. And 
So I, of course, having a tragic hair metal past, had to go to the book signing. And there were a lot of teeny boppers who, who weren't born when Motley Crue was actually big. And there were a lot of aging dudes who, a, oh, couple, yeah. a couple of them in line in front of me, one turned to the other one and made the comment about they'd never been someplace where there were so many fucking books around. Oh, never change, boys. Yeah. Never change. Yeah. I went to the Marilyn Manson book signing. So did I. <laughs> I may have gone with you. Yes, we went together. <laughs> and that was quite a display of random pieces of humanity. Yeah. There were like little kids dressed like the, well, I guess they're little kids to us. But there were lots of people dressed like the crow. Oh, it just was, makes it you want to take out your wedding. It was super adorable. Oh. And oh when I got my book signed by Aerosmith, because oh. I'm all over the spectrum musically, apparently, yes. it was all older ladies. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the first thing that we usually do is um, we talk about, you know, what anybody's seen recently. Um, has anybody uh, seen anything of note that you just want to talk about that isn't... Lately, related to the theme. Lately, I've been watching a lot of silent horror films. I decided I was going to work my way through all of Todd Browning's films. <sighs> and they're super fun. Yeah. And silent movies tend to be shorter. <laughs> I saw one called West of Zanzibar, which is the sleaziest, trashiest story ever. I love pre-code. Oh my god, I fucking love pre-code so much. And man, Lon Chaney was in shape. Like yeah. In that movie, Jesus plays, Christ, yes he was. He yes. plays a man who is paralyzed from the waist down, and he's but he lives, like, in the top of a tree or something, yeah, so he's just constantly pulls just up there. pulling himself up these ropes. They're like, man, yeah. that is amazing. Yes. So, mostly I've been into silent stuff lately. Yeah. I, I was, um for a little bit, um, deciding that I was going to do uh, pre-code w- movies of women who are done with your shit. Oh, uh, I want so that I watched, list. Yeah, so I started, I, I didn't get, I didn't build it very far, and I need to, I, de- I need to definitely start again. And I have a bunch of the old, they did a bunch of pre-code um, sexy sets. Um, they had like four uh-huh. volumes out that had stuff like The Night Nurse and Stan. I love Night oh Nurse. my, it's my favorite pre code so, film. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And then I'm I also in that kind of in that same vein of the first slasher. Um, uh, I have a uh, is it Thirteen Women, which uh, uh-huh. with yes. Myrna Loy. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is really really interesting and also famous for having uh, Peg Enquistel who uh, committed suicide by throwing herself from the top of the Hollywood okay. sign. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, it's like one of her few, I, I think it might have been her only film. Uh, <laughs> There's a very good episode of the You Must Remember This podcast. Which is why I... About Peggy well, Whistle. No, I actually heard about that after. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, after I became familiar. Anyway, but... Um, I, I, the big thing that I saw recently was not even a movie. It was a trailer. When you and I were looking for what sort of indie horror has been coming out this <laughs> year, I discovered a movie called Seven Witches, and I looked at the trailer, and it is this creepy, atmospheric, the the vengeful spirits of a bunch of witches who were burned come back to their land and basically torment this family that has rented the farmhouse for a wedding anniversary. But I watched the trailer, and oh my god, it is... The only way it is not custom made for me is there are not vampires. But otherwise, <laughs> that movie is like everything I want. So, yes, please, can we watch that soon? 
Yes, we yes, can. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to see that too. That sounds I, amazing. I have the movie theater at my house. You do. It's right in front of us. <laughs> it's been so, here the whole time. I haven't seen a lot of movies recently. Uh, other than, I mean, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming in the theater. Yep. But uh, what I've been doing is binging out a lot of shows that maybe I was behind on or yep. wanted to catch. So the first thing, I actually finished season one of Preacher. I actually listened to your podcast, mm. I think, today. Yeah, I just put it up this week. that you're not, you're I'm not, not feeling I'm not, it. I'm not, I'm not feeling either. it. And part, I watched the season premiere to see. What's the it, female character's name? Uh, Tulip. 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 Tulip is like the shining fucking star. She is, but she's, it's not enough to She's amazing, it. but yeah, I, I watched last season and then I watched the season premiere of this season and I'm out. I'm yeah. done. Mm. And, and the problem is, what works... There's a thing that can work in comics that doesn't work on TV, and that is, if your protagonists are basically unlikable, it's it's kind of hard to maintain something where you want to stay have people coming back. There and, has to be a reason that you spend time with them. Yeah, and I don't want to spend time with these guys. Right, Jesse yeah. is they they really turned Jesse into not even an anti-hero. Jesse is just kind of a dick. Yes. yes. He and, was in the comic. But he was a yeah, dick with a moral with in code the in the comic yeah. book. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was very much in the American Western anti-hero vein. I felt... So it, you at least, like, understood, like, okay, well, he stands for... He's a good old boy. So he you in this larger-than-life thing, yes, he's the hero, et cetera, et cetera. This guy's just a dick. Yeah. I felt like they were trying too hard with the TV show to be shocking and edgy. Yeah. But that's following oh, in the wait. grand tradition of wait. Garth Ennis. E- e- yes. Edgy in the sense of being maybe an edgelord? That's for you, Kelly. That's for you. In the end, in your face. Garth Ennis really wishes he was Warren Ellis. And, oh. And, and the problem is that he We never, already have Warren Ellis. Yeah. We don't need more. The, but no. the other thing I watched, <laughs> after I got that to get the taste out of my mouth, um, I watched Glow. On Netflix. So good. I love it. Though, here is where I will warn, if anybody out there has the same issues with um, embarrassment stories or where people are doing things that you just know are like a terrible idea and it makes you uncomfortable, I personally found um, the first two two episodes really, really hard to get through Mm -hmm. um, because you see a woman making just a lot of mistakes. and it gets better. It does but, get better. And it's a wonderful story, but I am just warning yeah. because it was a big deal for me. I literally had to like watch, look at my phone and read other things while I went through the story. And, and Jim is actually asking me, do you want to continue? And I'm like, just keep going. Yeah. Some just friends it, of mine it, call that watch from the hall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, oh my God. That's such a perfect way to put it though. Well, the other thing is once they get past the second episode, they start building up the other characters. Yep. The other, every girl on the show gets a story arc yep. at some mm-hmm. level. They really yes. do. And that's great. And some of them are really good arcs. Uh, so that's fun. And there's this interesting blank because it's set in the eighties mm-hmm. and Mark Marin as the promoter. <laughs> Boy, as the he's director. a douchebag. He is, but that's what the character so means. He's so perfect. And he's, but it's this weird balance of the show and the show. They're doing it on purpose. You're never quite sure. Are these women being empowered or exploited? Yeah. Yes. It goes back and yeah. forth. It yeah, yeah. really does. But then after I finished watching it, 
I wrapped it up by watching the actual documentary, documentary. about mm-hmm. Glow. Which I did too. Which I think was what, 2012 or I think so, so yeah. Because yeah. um, I remember watching it. It came up because I was a huge fan of Glow in the 80s. And so as soon as I saw there was a documentary, I was just all over that. It was documentary good. corner. It's documentary <laughs> corner. So, um, but yeah, it's fantastic. And it was a really touching. We... And then it had some, didn't it have a real huge section devoted to the older, like Moolah and... Well, not to the one, not, not to really. fabulous. I, okay, I might be remembering a different lipstick and dynamite is probably. I am what you're thinking, thinking of lipstick of. and dynamite. Yeah. But what it Another, does, a different lady wrestler talking yeah, about. Yeah, but it does talk about the challenge uh, challenges some of these women had. Uh, yeah. A because wrestling is hard on the body. Yeah. In general, so some of them aren't in great shape, but it was also just interesting watching once they came together for their reunion how those bonds, how strong those bonds still yeah. were. So, I mean, that was just a lot of fun to watch. So, that was well worth it. And like like you said, if you can get past the embarrassment of the first two episodes, which Marissa will tell you, my wife will tell you, oh, that was, Jeff was acting weird during that. Yeah, um, it's hard. It's, but, it's really hard yeah. for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. so that was me. Um, uh, Jim and I went and saw, um, what is What's the most recent one called? War of the Planet of the Apes? Uh, uh, was it? Yeah, War for the for the Planet of, of the, the Apes. Apes. And really enjoyed it. We only saw that, well, you had already seen the second movie. I had seen the first one it came, when it came out and really enjoyed it. Um, and for some reason I had started the second one when it came out on, on video or streaming. And uh, something about it had just, I was just like, ugh. And I just turned it off and never went back to it. Watched the whole thing right before we went and saw the next one in the theater. And there are so many touching um, moments to the original movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have not seen the new one yet, but I've seen both of the other ones, the other newer they, ones, and I really are, liked them. They really are love letters to the old movies. And, and bringing out, I mean, there's, the, the earlier movies, I you know, I, I don't think I ever watched any of them in their entirety, but they're just such an intrinsic part of my childhood because they were always on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you knew horror. I, I was of an age where, you know, kids had the Cornelius mask yeah. Oh, yeah. for a yeah. costume. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and it was just, I mean, it was just such a big thing. And it was just always present. And... um. So even not having actually watched the shows, but having just been vicariously exposed to them, like was catching all of these moments. Uh, it it yeah. definitely sets up a Planet of the Apes film mm-hmm. that could be the Charlton Heston one, but th- there's enough differences that it wouldn't be the Charlton Heston one, but it yeah. is the core thread of everything that's in the Charlton Heston movie. My only complaint would be I think with three movies, it was a perfect arc. Um, and I was like, that is that was just perfectly done and done to find out they are currently filming the fourth. And if it stays on par with the other movies, I won't care. Um, yeah. It's just, it's really hard when you see something that's just a, a nice beginning Contained to the end. story. And, and you're like, Wrapped oh. up in a nice little bow. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. do you need to stretch that out more? Well, yes, you do. Because they always will. Well, hopefully I, the fourth one is a, the Planet of the Apes movie, so. That would be interesting. Since you mentioned Charlton Heston, that reminds me, I, I did see one other movie recently that yes. I probably should bring up. But it, the context of which I saw it, uh, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000 is currently having a live <laughs> tour. Yes. And uh, so Larissa and I went and saw the tour 
Uh, they were doing two different movies, uh, an early show and a late show. We just stayed for the early show. Uh, it, rem- it reminds me because the character's name on uh, the show, new show, is Jonah Heston. Okay. As an yeah. homage to, yeah. to uh, Planet of the Apes. And the movie was a very odd 60s horror movie called Ega. Okay. Oh, yeah. A, uh, a <laughs> of course you're familiar. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Richard Keel from the James Bond movies right. as a, uh immortal caveman who is discovered... Oh, that. Oh, yeah. is, that the one, is that the one with Joan Crawford in it? No, that's Frog. That's Frog. Archal Jr.? Yes, Archal ah. Jr. And, uh, and it, yeah, it was a fun experience. And leave it at that. I think awesome. we should also mention a movie we all collectively saw at the last minute this week. Damn it. So, for in honor of, I, I bought a Kiss set that supposedly had... Uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, which I saw as a kid. As and, I. And yeah. I think we all saw it as, like, young enough to not just be absolutely horrified. And it didn't. I bought the wrong set, or I, they shipped me the wrong set. Sometimes when you're buying stuff in the marketplace sellers, if you don't check stuff well enough. Um, Anyone yeah. who goes looking for it, it's in Volume 2. Not Volume 3, which is one I got. Um, so we didn't get to see it, because goddammit. But then we watched... Oh, we watched Beyond the Gate. Yeah, Beyond the Gate. Which I... It's it, charming. It is the exact sort of labor of love kind of bad movie that charms me. Yeah. So... So much intestines. So much intestines. <laughs> and and the, the threat display eyeliner that got oh my larger God. as things got spookier. <laughs> and the, the more angry and she got, the eyeliner just got a it's little bent. It was amazing. Until it, it went full. I'm going to watch that as soon as yes. I get home. As soon as it went, it, at the very end, it was like, full trash panda. <laughs> you can see it waving its little arms in the air, being as big as it can. So, you so, and I need to learn that skill. <laughs> yes. So the plot is two brothers, their father's gone missing, he ran a video store, and they, they have a whole section on video board games. And one of the video board games is Beyond the Gate, and it was in Dad's office. They start, oh, let's check this out. It was the last thing Dad was watching. And it some weird... Like, it turns out the board game is evil. I want the board. Are we talking about Jumanji horror movie? Yes, yes. Yeah. Except, okay. except a VCR game. Right. And yes. the host is Barbara Crampton from... Aw, uh, well, she's amazing. Yeah. Everything. I know. <laughs> yeah, old, old school screen queen as the host in the game. And yeah, as it progresses, the eyeliner. Threat yes. display eyeliner. eyeliner. I am yeah. watching that immediately. Yes. It, and again, it was definitely a labor of love. It, had, it was charming. It, we definitely enjoyed ourselves, even though there were moments <laughs> where we were like, the script could have been a little tighter. Here. It's got pacing issues yeah, at the very beginning. Well. You could trim a good 10, maybe 15 minutes out of the front end of that movie. But it hits a point where you just go, But isn't the movie I am pretty in short this. as it stands? It feels really long. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem. That is the I, problem. I watched The Bad Batch this afternoon. Have what you did you? That? I want to see that because I loved A Girl Walks Home Alone it's, at night. Oh. It's really interesting. I heard it's really wacky, but so is A Girl Walks Home Alone it at is, night. It is, but it's wacky in a way. It's weird and wacky in a quiet, strange way. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it. And you should definitely watch it, but I don't want to tell you too much about it. Well, there we go. Alright. Um, don't do the spoilers. Yep. <laughs> I, I, we're really careful, unless it's for a, a reason that we feel like that evening. Yes. <laughs> because of our whims. Yeah, you, you, you're been, at the mercy of my whims. I'm I've sorry. I've been working at a video store for over 13 Pe- years. People get mad. I... 
I am so good at not giving too um, much away. Not giving too much away. The only thing I'm going to um, throw out really, really briefly here is um, I actually should have mentioned it in the last um, podcast was I've seen a movie called Hell House LLC. And it fairly positive liability company. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they are a company that does the haunts. And oh, okay. every Halloween, uh, they go to a different city. They find someplace that they can rent for a long weekend or a month right, as they right. set everything they do... up. Yeah. And they do haunts and they, they'll do the majority of the stuff themselves. And then they bring in a couple of locals to act in it and, and help set things up. It's usually ends up being like a staff of about 10. And uh, you can tell they've been doing it for a couple of years. They both do and don't get on together. Um, and it is a found footage movie. And it doesn't do anything brilliantly new. But it does it all really well. Um, I was really, you know, watching it by myself alone in the dark. <laughs> like I do with my horror movies. Um, there are a lot of really uncomfortable moments. Um a lot of dread and then a lot of um, jumps and you know it's I'm not the biggest found footage fan it just did everything just really well and it was entertaining and um, you felt like you knew everybody you'd, you'd seen the guys at parties or dated them <laughs> yeah or we, dated them we all know people that, where, have, that where, do haunts where, and you know the the one where you know oh don't don't mind so and so he's just an asshole right yeah but I mean it was just they did it really well and so it was fun see as a former haunted house worker. From the area, I, I, I'm always interested in something like that. Yep. It's, it's such such a right subject yeah. matter for horror. And you showed us the trailer yeah. last week, at which point I was like, whoop, nope, doubt, that's that's not a movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I went home and I told Pete about it, and he went and watched the trailer, and he came back downstairs, and he's like, that looks fascinating. That is not a movie for you at all. <laughs> no. So, yeah. All right. I, I know where my horror movie boundaries are. Oh, that's good. That's, that's right important. there. Wow. Well. Um, so let's get into unless anybody. Oh, oh. <clears throat> what do you What do you have to say? I have watched things without you. <laughs> That's because you stay Is up. Is that allowed? You st- no. <laughs> he stays up way later than I do. <laughs> so, uh, only two things really of note. One, because the second season when it came out, I went back and rewatched season one and then into season two of the anime Attack on Titan, oh, which hey. uh, I used to be kind of into anime. I fell out of it because I think everything is trying to be Evangelion at this point. Try to have their like twist ending and everything for a while there, so I fell out of it. Attack on Titan got me back because it has such moments of horror and humanity in them. Yes, I really like that. It is it is messed up. Yes, the, I mean, <laughs> in in so many animes, you know, like they get into their battle robots and they fly around and then they fight and they're all courageous and. And everything in this one, the 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 monsters that they fight are called titans, and they have these crazy uh, grappling hook weapons that they can fly around to to try and hit them in the back of the neck to yeah, kill them. Yeah, because you can only kill a titan by hitting it in the back of the neck. So they have to like use grappling hooks to swing themselves in these huge parabolic arcs. It's craziness. And the giant monsters look terrifying. So because the giant monsters yeah. are giant, sexless, naked humans. Yeah, skinless. With Humans. Sometimes skinless. With, the, the the regular ones. Yeah. The regular ones are, are very na- normal looking, with 
a giant com- rictus smile. Vague, uh, just vacuous grins on them. Some of them look angry. That's Some of them, what those images are from. Yes. Hey, now I have context for something on Tumblr. And the, gl- the glorious part is that yes. so many of the characters, when they encounter these things, look up at these things that are 20 meters tall or 40 meters tall or even 60 meters tall and don't say, I am going to go fight this thing for the honor of whatever. They look at them and they just basically go... Fuck this, and they leave. Yeah, they run away because it is the most horrible, horrible thing. Oh, and they because they eat you. They eat you. They just they just pick people up and eat them. And they don't have to. Is what what is revealed later. They do not digest you. They will they they put you in their mouth. They will bite down on you to kill you, swallow you, and then later regurgitate you because there is no other end to their digestive system. It's just a stomach. And they do not need to eat anybody. So why they do it, nobody knows. It's just horrifying. And they're giant and horrific. Yeah. Because, because they, fuck it, you, that's why. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was... <laughs> it's really messed up. The humanity and the horror of it, the fact that they were that these people feel like real people that would uh-huh. be afraid. And some of them are children. And they're, oh, they're, a lot of them are children. I mean, there are old men, which you don't see in a lot of anime, that are generals and they're people who've been fighting them for decades. And then there are these new kids that are, of course, who you follow... And sometimes you watch them die off. They, they, they die horribly and suddenly and and, and, and not even and suddenly sometimes. So it's pro- protracted as they beg. And you're just, yeah. it's so horrible. The second season gets a little more into more anime tropes. Yeah. But I'm totally bought into it at this point. So I'm yeah. all, I'm solid on it. And it's still got those moments of great humanity and great horror in them. So it's, it's still holding my interest. The other thing that I've seen... Um, is on Netflix, uh, I believe, currently, uh, and it's called Man Versus. Uh, Man Versus can best be described as Bear Grylls versus Predator. Um, it is the story of a, <laughs> of a guy who does a, uh, you know, uh, 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 I go out into the woods and survive kind of, right. kind of show. So he brings his cameras with him and he's got a crew off to the side. And an alien crashes while he's out there. And they begin to do this little dance and the beginning of it. And I'll, I'll even give it like the first 75% of this movie is actually surprisingly good. The, there oh, is, there is tension. That's nice. There is, uh, uh, you don't know exactly what's going on, but it's just kind of bizarre. And you're trying to figure out why the alien is doing the things that it's doing. Cause it's not like some berserker. It's, it's observing. And so you're, you're kind of like, oh, what's going on? Then in for the last, like, 20% of it, it shits the bed just completely. Ah. It utterly and totally shits the bed. And then in the last 5%, pulls itself back up into a kind of an awesome thing for me. And I was just, it wraps it up very <laughs> awesomely. And you're just kind of like, wow, okay. That ended pretty, and then the very last thing is like whatever. But but the, like the very the the not quite the denouement, but like you're just like, whoa, did not see that one coming. And but the, the the like the big, you know, where the predator takes its mask off and fights Schwarzenegger. That's awesome in Predator. In this movie, it sucks. <laughs> so, but the rest of that film, like surrounding that, is is actually surprisingly good. But so. see, I'm always wary of your judgment of these films because you have watched some truly dire stuff in this genre that i'm like you chose to watch that why and, did you choose to and watch typically that? i will own up that a movie is bad but i really like it 
Oh, typically. Okay. Or at least acknowledge that my 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 glowing recommendation is based on because it's on something horrifying because it's this because it's got werewolves whatever so I you know I watch a werewolf but this this I was I actually. I was kind of sitting there just, I was surprised. I was honestly surprised when I looked at this. I was like, wow, this is, this is doing interesting things with it. Sadly, they just fuck everything up from those first 75% wait, of the wait, movie. Where the final shot of the movie, it, just it, like, it, you're like, oh. It brings it back a little bit, but, but like where everything leads up that's so good in the first part for me is just like never capitalized on. It just, mm. they just. Yeah. Just shit the bed. So. so I'm going to go a completely different direction really, really quick. And it's inspired by, uh, what was the Titan? Attack, Attack on Titan? Titan? Attack on Titan, where sometimes it's children. Um, I mm. have been really <laughs> trying to find... <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I have been trying to find... I, I have an Xbox and a PlayStation, and I had never had console games before. And so I, I play Diablo. That's like it. I, I, I've, I have computers and two different consoles, and on those I play Diablo three a lot. <laughs> so I've been trying to find something new to play, and there is a game called What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay, so this game is you are a woman who is going back to your family home, and all of your family's gone, and you there's really not any instructions on how to go through it. It is one of those games where it's an exploration of the house. So as you're going through the house, all of the family members have died, and and it is one of those tragic, like, the family came over, it was the husband and wife, after, like, most of their family died, tried to ship their house to, like, a new, like, across the sea, I mean, it's just, and, and just things go wrong, and then they have children, and this goes wrong, and so she's got this book that she's carrying with her that has her family tree in it. And what I find really interesting with it is if I'm not thinking about it too much, I just intuitively hit the right buttons and do the right things because to open things or to turn things, if you're not thinking about it and just watching you just move things, they just happen. If I start thinking about it too much, I'm like, what button do I hit to make uh-huh. this happen? So you're just wandering. Uh, movies or uh, games like this are things like Gone Home and the very first game I ever played outside of the original Diablo in 97 was this uh, game called Amber the Journeys Beyond, which was a paranormal investigation, again, with no instructions. You right. just wandered and solved uh, the three events uh, that had haunted that house. So as you're walking along, um, as children died or as people in the thing died the mom the grandmother went crazy and would seal up their rooms but to fuck with her one of the grandchildren went around and put peepholes in each of their doors so you could still look in their rooms but the family was crazy and built all these crawl space all through the house so you have to move things and open trap doors to get into the closed up rooms of family that's died and when you get in that room in different ways you wander through the last moments of their life or the biggest parts of their lives. One was a small, a young child actress. Um, there were twin boys that the young boy had always wanted to fly. But the thing is, is sometimes when you get stuck in their memories, you have to push them through a moment that kills them and end the moment in which they die. Instead of it being like, Oh, their horrible death. They go like, there was this little boy that 
he had an accident on his swing, which is right next to a cliff. And you have to make him swing higher and higher and higher until the limb breaks. And then when it does break, he flies away. And, and the, it's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. But there's a moment as you're like, I'm making him swing. No, higher. Make him swing higher. You're like, I'm bringing a child till his death. And last night, there was a little boy, in a two-year-old, in a bathtub where you make toys knock into a, a spigot or onto the, the handle. Right. And they're like, and then he turns into a little frog boy and swims down the drain. You're like, he didn't swim down the drain. That sounds so like a game I am totally telling Pete he cannot play. It's, it's, it's both horrifying, but beautiful. And the story of the family is amazing and tragic and almost like circus-esque or Russian, you know, like, I mean, where it's just tragic and bigger than life and amazing and beautiful. And then there's moments you're like, I don't want to make the water get deeper. Peepholes yeah. in the doors of the rooms of the dead people that have been sealed up. Yes. Yep. When I nope. can't fall asleep tonight, I am texting you at four in the morning. So <laughs> you know. It'll be about the time I wake up because That's true. I've That's... been under stress lately. That's so true. anyway, too much of other things. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy that you are now enjoying this part of gaming that I've been <laughs> trying to get you to where... Because you're because see, no because when you're when you play a game and you get a game with a very good story and good gameplay to it that you since you are I'll use the word complicit in everything that's inside that story inside that narrative yeah. it adds this extra layer yeah. onto the story where you're not just observing you are taking part in the story and that that just adds there's there's many games that I've played where you like this is horrible that, but. It, and it, yeah, or or that terrifying things happen, yeah. and, and because you are a part of it, it's yeah. it's so it it, it it there's just oh that extra oomph. So, so let's talk about rock and roll horror. I am going to state right now that the rest of you are all going to talk about movies. I am going to talk about books, and I am going to talk about the bands because I <laughs> I have two pages of musical acts to. Yeah, I just kind of looked all at right. all my CD storage. As Bryce rolls up her non-existent sleeves. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, Spit have, it out there, people. I have a, an observation about okay. rock and roll horror in general. As I was going over the rock and roll horror movies that I know, the ones I love, and the ones I could track down. And I was very hard-pressed to find one that wouldn't also be classified as horror comedy. Oh, I found a bunch. Well, yeah. oh. tons of them. Yeah, yeah. So much. Aliens. Yes. I love Voyage of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> I'm happy for uh, you. And a lot of them, uh, it's a lot of metal. A lot yeah. of metal. Oh, metal. Yeah. A lot of yeah. metal. Well, yeah. yeah. A lot of those movies were made in the 80s when With you could, Satanic Panic. Yeah. All you mm-hmm. had to do was accidentally play a record backwards and you were doomed forever. Yeah. yeah. Which really I, just, I just showed Jim Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah. yay. Right. Oh, that's Which, fun. It's. I, I found it really charming on first watch, and its second watch does not add to its charms. No, it at doesn't. All. It is a one-watch movie. I watch it for Sammy Kerr. Oh, yeah. Because I have horrible flashbacks to people I dated, so, yeah. you know. I, I love the fact that the the uh, the band that, uh, at the very end, where the, the evil, satanic, ghost rocker Sammy Kerr comes out, mur- he, he, just, he kills their lead singer. Yeah. 
but and take start... so that he can so that he can be the lead singer and the rest yeah, of the band is like, like okay whatever all right well let's, let's rock out i guess have you until around a lot of metal bands and then he starts <laughs> shooting lasers out of his guitar vaporizing the kids in the audience again the band is like eh, whatever but then he turns it on the drummer and that's when the two guitarists are like whoa fuck this we're out of here drummers are hard to find <laughs> Spinal you, Tap bass, seems to do okay. Bass players and guitar players are Spinal everywhere. Drummers are hard. <laughs> um, in that same vein, you have The Gate, which again, oh. they played the, played the record backwards. Yep. And it's, um, I remember finding that when I first watched it kind of troubling because it's really set up as like a kid's movie. It is. It's kind of a kid's movie, but it's kind of not. It's too, it's a kid's it's movie that is scary. scary for kids. Yeah. I really like it because so do of I. That. <laughs> I love the little claymation monsters oh, yeah. that come out of the gate of hell. They're, yes. so, they're adorable. They I are. have not seen that movie in ages, so. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It is an artifact of its time. And it's, and it's surprisingly kid-friendly. Like, it, except it, it, for being just except a, little it's a little too, too scary. scary. It's a little too yeah. scary, but it's like Gremlins level of See, but I don't. Yeah. So it's one of those things friendly. I would have loved at like 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's a 13, 14, 15 year old kid movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, heading towards the punk version of um, of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about Green Room. I was thinking of that. Oh, Green Room is fantastic. Yeah. That is a terrifying movie. It was yeah. so well done, so and I never for. need to see it again. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree. I don't know if I could ever like. It's just so uncomfortable and so. I guess it was our general consensus the night we watched it was we're am... all really happy we watched it, and we don't maybe need to see maybe it in again. a decade. Maybe in a decade, if yeah. somebody came along and said, "I okay. haven't seen Green Room," and we'd say. Okay. Oh, okay. I think we can do it now. Yeah, I see people that were in Green Room in other movies, like the guy that played the huge, the huge guy that was like guarding yes. him. Yeah, he's a comedian, and now I can't take his. Now I can't enjoy his You're comedy because like, I'm like, dude, dude. Yeah, that guy freaks me out now. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think we had. It wasn't that long after uh, Anthony Nielsen. Had passed and yeah. watched it. Yeah. So it's... I think we were also a little emotionally. Although that doesn't change the impact of the movie. No. No. It's no but there was that. It is a brutal movie and it's an amazing movie and. And really underlines what a tragedy it was to have Anton Yelchin taken from, yeah. from us. Yes. Because that it's might might be the peak of his career accident. right there. Acting, I think yeah. what makes that movie so good is because it's not a supernatural horror movie. Mm-hmm. Right. This yeah. is all stuff that, it, it's all very much stuff that I can imagine happening, especially things are getting more that way now. Yeah, yes. everybody is so angry. And, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the fact that, much like Attack on Titan, there are moments of humanity and true horror in it where they, they mm-hmm. don't run out and be like, we're going to go out and go shotguns blazing. They freeze up. Yeah. They, things, you know, they, yeah. they don't follow through. And you're like, well, if I was in that movie, I would totally no. This that's what would happen. You yeah, run out there, and you you choke. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny. It, uh, oddly, that one reminds me of one of the ones I was looking at. So I remember seeing it back in the eighties. Uh, speaking of rock and roll horror comedies, uh, any of you familiar with the movie Hard Rock Zombies? No, no. tragically, no. yes. <laughs> I wonder who's to blame for that. <laughs> and, and hard rock, it, it can be summed up as, you know, uh, 
Hitler cultists led by actual Hitler kill a, a, a hard a heavy metal band except for the lead singer who resurrects his bandmates as zombies to fight the Nazis. All so right, the zombies then. are the good guys. The zombies are the good guys of this movie. Oh, well, that's kind of an interesting take on it. So. Ah, I remember why I have such a horrible memory about that. Because when I saw it in the theater, I was taken to it as a midnight movie for a date. I have had... It was a video store rental for me, so... I... See, I have had re- potential relationships stopped dead in the water by just an absolutely badly chosen movie where... They don't seem to get how bad that was. Yeah. And and why I remembered that. I'm right you, here. <laughs> why I remembered that is when I was searching for rock and roll horror, I found Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal, which I have not seen. <laughs> because I was taken on a date to the original Turbulence, which had I gone by myself, I would have walked out on because it was... And I like fucking Ray Liotta. Right. And it was horrific and the guy that that took me out on the date i was just like you don't realize that this was terrible we have no future yeah did did i ever tell you about the 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 top line story of of that sort of thing happening to me no so a guy who was very interested in me we set up a date that's great he takes me out to a movie he takes me to see arachnophobia (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. To you? Um, well, see, it worked really well for him in the short term because I spent the entire movie uh, like cowering yeah. into his chest. And then he took me home and I said, thank you for the evening. This is not gonna, there's nothing following up after no. this, thanks. And went home, told mom, you know, got home, told mom and dad what movie I'd been taken to. And mom goes and starts rummaging in a drawer to find the bag of plastic spiders she has. To throw at me because you know, mom. So I go get my can of Aquanet and a lighter. And I'm like, we will fight this out. I will burn the house down. Do you want me to go over the few books I have before all of you go into yes movie depth? So when you first said we were going to do a podcast on rock and roll horror, I immediately went to the teetering bookcases and pulled out an anthology I have called Shock Rock, and it was edited yeah, by Jeff cool. Grubb. It has a foreword by Alice Cooper. It's got stories by Stephen King, by Nancy Collins. There's, it's got a David J. Shaw. It's got a great list. But the the reason that I have kept this anthology since I bought it in like the early '90s is because there is an extremely short story in it called Groupies, written by uh, Richard Matheson. Oh my god. And there's nothing supernatural about it, and it is the most unsettling thing I have ever read. Because it's about a murder that happens, and it's the psychologist interviewing the girl who did the murder, who did it as a scene at the behest of a rock star she loves and that he picked up after a show. Whoa. And the the reason it's so unsettling is because I knew those girls. Mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. I knew people who would have done that. So it's just... It has stayed with me for decades. Wow. Is it Richard Matheson Sr. or is it Richard Christian Matheson? Richard Christian Matheson. Oh, I yeah. love him. Um, another, to one of the writers who's in Shock Rock, David J. Shaw, he's like the father of Splatterpunk. Yeah. And one of his, I think it was his actual first novel, is called The Kill Riff. Mm-hmm. And it's about a dad whose daughter was crushed to death at a rock concert. 
and it's like five years later there was, you know, reparations paid out and everything. And then members from the band who have all, the band has broken up and they've all gone off to their solo careers, they start getting killed in very gruesome, very inventive ways. Because the father has decided to get revenge. And again, it's very unsettling because it's very plausible. Yeah. And also David J. Shao, even when he's writing like horrific, disgusting things, he is Amazing. he is such a good writer yeah, that I'm is. like, I don't care that this is making my skin crawl, I will read what you have. I can't remember, did he write the original screenplay for the crow? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um Which and I don't like and which is a pretty rock and roll. That's fine. We we yeah. forgive you for I that. Know, I Though know. I haven't I haven't rewatched it. I haven't rewatched it in like two years, 20 years. I have thought about showing it because I literally only watched it in the theater when it came out. And for some reason, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Probably because um, you were surrounded by weeping goths. <laughs> I don't know. I... Not not in northern Minnesota, I uh, wasn't. Okay. But <laughs> I was kind of the lone. Uh, okay. <laughs> the lone girl in black. <laughs> I um, remember liking it, but I don't remember buying into it as much as everyone else. I, yeah, I, I really felt like I was missing some kind of goth But it Dakota is on ring. my list of like the five movies goths love. Yeah. Well, for yeah. me, my history with The Crow was I collected the comic book series. I yeah. Mean, I was reading the comics at individual issues. Yeah. When it first started coming out. So I was an early adopter fan yeah. of The Crow. So a lot of the movie was informed by my knowledge also of the comics. Even though yeah. the real relationship between the two stories is tangential at best. Yeah. Yes. I think it'll be I think it'll be one of the things I throw out there um, come Halloween. Oh, yeah. Just because, I mean, I literally found it somewhere cheap used and bought it. Because I was like, you know... I want to give this another shot. Oh, I'm going to put a request out there, and I actually put it on my my primary Facebook page. There are a ton of people in the local Seattle area that are doing 100 Days of Halloween. And what they do is the 100 Days up to Halloween, they watch 100 horror movies, uh, a horror movie a day, and they shoot for watching all new horror that they haven't seen before. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds fun. And it does, but I'm trying to put together a list of 100 movies, which, I mean, there's a whole bunch out there of stuff. I they're send like, you a ton of titles. Today, I know. Because yes. I can't help myself. I know. <laughs> but that's, but that's, I, that's why I adore you so. <laughs> I met you, goodness gracious, now. At a video now. store. I met you. There was a little video store in Capitol Hill called Vertigo Video. Aww. And I love that place. I love that. Yes. And I was so glad that you, like, pointed me and Rob towards each other. Um, Rob is great. Yes, he is. And one of my finest memories of him is walking into Vertigo Video, and he's got uh, the horror movie with the snowman, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. And it's the heavy metal ending, which, oh, there we go for heavy metal horror. Oh. He is up on... The uh the by the cash register, standing on top of it, his pants are around his ankles, and he's wildly air guitaring, and and I'm always gonna have that memory. <laughs> well, it was a okay. It was a very small video store. It was of which I like I donated titles, and, and Rob and I were the only employees, <laughs> and we were open twelve hours a day. We yep. would each come in at noon and then close at midnight, and we didn't split shifts, so it was just you're there for twelve hours. Yeah. And a lot of times, because it was a tiny video store, you had a lot of time on your hands. Yes. Um, And every Friday night as I was heading to the Mercury, I would stop in and you, there would be nights, uh, weekends, where that was like the best part of my night. 
is oh, that forty min- the forty five minutes where I would just sit there and talk movies and yeah. bullshit with you there were and talk like about the asshole people. that I was dating. There were always two or three people in the store hanging out. Yeah, it was it was it was very community. It was mm-hmm. it was, and honestly, that's um, I knew I loved horror before then, um, but I honestly credit that store for refining my taste and making me realize that I was more than a fan. Oh, awesome. And then also, you are also to blame for me watching The Changeling, which is literally in my top five of horror ah, movies I've ever seen. Movie. Yes. So. But anyhow. But well, anyway, you were saying... Uh, no, that, those were the two main rock and roll horror books I really wanted to mention. So I'm going to do one thing right here. I'm going to do Jen's Documentary Corner! <laughs> It's very official. Um, but I am doing it in honor of Jill. Oh, I know what yes. movie you're about to mention. Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. The Metal Years. The Metal Years. Love um, that movie. Oh. That movie is fucking fantastic. And I cannot tell you how many shitty VHS copies. Well, actually, no. The most money, because I was able to find a decent copy of Part 2. Right. The one that I was never able to see the entire movie was Part 1. Because it only had the original, like, VHS pressing. Yeah. So, and I was spending $80, $85 a pop to get a 1982-81 yeah. VHS yeah. that would play the first 15 minutes and then just shit the bed. And I'd be like, well, someday. And Penelope, that was a fucking labor of love. Finally out on DVD. Yes. And, and all of it. And for anybody who hasn't seen, so part one is the punk scene. In LA, part right. two is the metal scene. Yep. Uh, and part three is street kids. Yeah. And, and it I've not is, seen part three. Part three is amazing. It is really, really good. I mean, I just knew all those kids. Minneapolis. Um, it's hard to watch though. It, yeah. it is really. It's really heartbreaking. Um, it's and it's kind of along the lines of Streetwise, right? Uh, which is the Seattle. Um, but it's like where I lived in uptown Minneapolis when I moved there as an adult. Uh, Minneapolis was pretty well known as an area that was pretty easy on its street population. And so there are kids that when summer would hit Minnesota, they would all just drift in. And there were good and bad kids. And it's just like watching that movie, I felt like I was seeing kids that... That you knew. That you had seen all around. Yeah. Um, Or, and plus the punk goth scene just brings those, it has those kids ebbing and flowing out of it. Your, your mention of Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years, and how much you had spent trying to find a copy of Part 1, I don't think I spent that much seeing Part 2 in the theater, and I saw it like 40 <laughs> to 50 times. And you saw it at the $2 theater. It was, yes, the $2 theater right by my, my parents' house. That summer, that movie went immediately to the $2 theater. And so every day after work, I would just walk up there and watch it. I know dialogue from that film. When you showed it, you at one point looked over and watched my lips silently yeah. moving. And you're like, really? <laughs> really? That's amazing. But also, the movie, that that documentary, Part 2, The Metal Years, is a seamless sequel to Spinal Tap. Oh, watch yeah. Spinal Tap, then play Part 2, The Metal Years, and it's like one entire long movie. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah. It's- yeah. And terrifying. Because wow, I I knew people like that and yeah. they were all train wrecks. Yeah. So well go back to books for a oh, second. Yes. 
because uh, it, it, I almost feel we'd be remiss without the rock and roll vampire stories. Look, I swore I was not going to bring up my stupid egotistical rock star vampire boyfriend, but you've opened the door. Vampire Lestat, hello! <laughs> you know, it's funny, that's not e- I, I knew we were going to go there, but I was thinking Fever Dreams. That wasn't rock and roll. That was that was antebellum on a steamboat, you nitwit. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you want to talk about other rock and roll conflict. vampires. Family conflict. <laughs> I don't uh, like uh, it when you fight. Are we going to talk about the Queen of the Damned movie? Please, I am laying that out. No, wait, I'm waiting for her to see what she's going to counter the... I was going to say Vampire Junction with Timmy Valentine. Okay, you know what's... Child oh, vampire yeah. rock star. You know I what happened? That. I just reversed the two titles in my head. I will maybe I was, forgive you. I was thinking Vampire Junction. I don't know why Fever Dream came up. Oh, I hadn't even thought of Vampire Junction. But I was now think- it's in my brain again. Yeah. I own the sequel. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> Vampire Junction. I apologize. Okay. I, 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 I just lost some goth points right there. Yeah, yeah you did. The Elder God Cabal, admitted, man. I admit it. I don't like the crow, man. There's no... Yeah. <laughs> the Cabal, when it convenes, I'm is going to judge at the both bottom. of you seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that I will lose some of the few goth points that I have when I say... God, I loved Queen of the Damned. There is, there are the bones of a really good movie I in there. I enjoy it. The I way enjoy I it. Enjoy trash. I really do like it. I like it a lot. But I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it is a good movie or has anything to do with the books. No, it does not because that is not Lestat. No, no, it's no, not no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not even blonde for one thing. And I that... know it's not Lestat. But <laughs> I love the music videos they did to yes. tie in with that movie. Though, yeah. please, dear God, overdub them with a better singer. Um, yeah. But it it is a I, I the actual soundtrack the uses different frontmen okay. instead of uh, what's his name from Corn right so they are way superior okay uh, from the actual from from the actual I, CD soundtrack I rewatched it the other night when Pete wasn't home because he makes that face if I put it on while he's home and <laughs> is it is it on the list of like I don't want you to watch this when I'm there. in the room yeah, yeah. um but it actually for parts of it is fairly horrific there are. There are some, you know, kind of tense scenes. There are there's a fair amount of gore, but apparently I have a filter that cuts in with any Anne Rice property where I'm like, oh, this is fine. How is anyone disturbed by this? <laughs> You're I, right. It, Queen of the Damned is a ridiculous movie, but it doesn't take place in Atlantis. So there you have So it. there we go. Yeah. yeah. I unapologetically love Queen of the Damned, and the reason being that it is pure style over substance. Oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. There is no real substance. There's there's moments in there that are good. But as, as a whole, there is not really a lot of there there. But it is so pretty. It is. And I would mm. even say it is a satire of goth. Oh, it is. Because Ooh, it is yeah, so maybe. purely style uh, driven well, it's just like everything like is so pretty and everything is yeah. so wonderful and like you know where they do the big speed chop attacks where they're, they're, their hands <laughs> blur and everything like that he's sitting on a billboard in front of his own crotch yes and, <laughs> oh, and it's so like I said I, I consider I was like I think I know why goths hate this movie so much it's because it's a satire it's it, it's a, a huge long music video and okay. it's wonderful here, you're kind of touching on one of my things I was thinking about while we were prepping for this episode, and that is, how many of these movies have actual memorable music? Because I, the reason I was thinking about this is I was thinking of, okay, what ones do I actually like the songs? 
I actually have a small There's... subsection that is literally um, horror movies that the soundtrack is just such a big part of it. Yep. Shocker. Well, Shocker. There's, there's, Stigmata. There's there's two that are like for Maximum me. Maximum Overdrive. Yep. There's there's two that are like the kings of that. Shocker is one because the 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 soundtrack is shockingly good if you're into metal or, <laughs> or that sort of thing. The other one being it's still a really good movie, but Return of the Living Dead oh, has yeah. one of the great Absolutely. rock soundtracks. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I was thinking of was where it is a rock and roll horror movie where I actually like the music is Phantom of the Paradise. Mm-hmm. I love Phantom. And, and the thing is, I remember um, oh, yeah, Michael Montour being Paradise. so confused by me liking Phantom of the Paradise because he's like, but that isn't, it isn't what you, you don't like that it's kind. It's so weird and campy and is it a horror movie? I don't even know. But I, it's so weird that it's, it's just enjoyable it's, for what's its what's his name? It's weirdness. the tiny little man. Paul Williams. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Williams. Williams. It's all Paul Williams. It is. It's like I imprinted on him at like four years old on the Muppet, Muppet Show. Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, yeah. and then I'm adulthood watching, you know, Phantom of the Paradise going, well, then he got some. Okay. I, Best I version like... of Three Dog Nights. Uh, well, it's actually a Paul Williams song to begin with because he wrote it for yeah. them. Right. Of uh, Old Fashioned Love Song was on the yes. Muppet Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I need to yeah. rewatch Phantom of the Paradise because I hadn't seen it for like a couple decades, and then I tried to watch it with some friends who were putting it on and who you know wanted to watch it. But they are people who are really into the camp aspect of it, yeah, and mm-hmm. kind of MST three K throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So I'm like, I I cannot get in the mindset to enjoy this because you guys are watching this with the it's... intention of of yeah. kind of mocking. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were mocking with love, but they were still Yeah. There was no way I could get into well, into watching the film. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's the Palma. Yeah. 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 So I mean and there's a well crafted movie there. I want to rewatch it because I've learned so much more about Glam Rock. Yeah. And I and especially Joe Bryant, who was the first gay out gay glam rock musician. Yep. Yeah. And now I really want to watch it just because that all ties into that. Movie. I'll show. I'll show mm-hmm. up for horror movie, horror movie night. Yeah. Well, See, but you're you you're pretty much working Friday nights, though, aren't you? Not sometimes. Okay, we'll figure it out. Go on. Well, I was gonna say the other thing, and I I, I was discussing this with Jill. Phantom of, of the Paradise, and also oddly, if we count it as somewhat as a rock and roll horror film, Jennifer's Body mm-hmm. have the sold your soul to the devil for musical skill. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Jennifer's body does have that driving plot point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I and just... and that's the old story of Crossroads. 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 Yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson. Robert yep. Johnson. Yeah. Way back into blues history. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. Really, really briefly in the um also movie that isn't really a rock and roll, but um Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three having that Dawkins song. Dream I, Warriors. I. You know what's funny? I was gonna watch that this afternoon Don't. after I got home. I was going to turn it on in the background while I was studying and stuff like that. But Hulu, apparently, it went away at the beginning of this month. So oh. yesterday it disappeared. My sweetheart, I have... I looked for it. I could not find your Nightmare uh, uh, sets. I have, I have the Blu-ray set, so yeah. it's really small. C- couldn't find it. So. Damn it, now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> I was going to do that. Other things that I thought of, too. Pet Cemetery. 
Yeah. Was overtaken yeah. by the Ramones. Yeah. yeah. You know, still a solid movie, but you know, that Ramones theme song outlasts it. Yeah. Here's one. Lost Boys. See, I was thinking Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Lost that is Boys. So I was thinking that. Yeah. Is, is, a, is a classic. The, the only thing that keeps that movie even... I'm sorry. You're in, losing in fucking goth points all the way around. God, Lost Boys is not fun to watch. Bite your tongue. But the soundtrack is fucking amazing. What? Gang of, of vampire boys. It's what? not yeah. good, baby. I'm sorry. It, it does not hold up. for Sutherland. Come on. It does not hold up super it, well. It's it not is as good movie, as you used to think. It is a movie that you put on during a party now and just have it where everybody's quoting the moments to you, but like, yeah. It's mm. a movie you put on when your husband who's banned it <laughs> leaves the house. What are you talking about? You know, another one I was thinking about for this, just again to where rock and roll is part of the plot, mm-hmm. is, uh, and I don't know that it counts necessarily as a horror movie, but it has many horror tropes, uh-huh. and it's a little rare, although old fans of Night Flight will know it, uh, Rock and Rule. Rock yeah. And roll. It's so hard to find. It is so and, hard And you to find. can't get a soundtrack for it. No, that's um, tied up in rights. But, but it's French. But it's it is. The movie's in print. But yeah, you, it oh, I think, it's, I think it's that you just can't get the soundtrack. You can't get the soundtrack. Yeah, you can't get the soundtrack. The rights are I might have up. to buy the... Because the... that's that great combination of Lou Reed, yeah. Dead Iggy Pop, Deborah Harry, the, and Cheap Trick, yeah. 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 And, and the movie itself is still very charming. Yeah. Wow. It is, it's it's very much a little time capsule yeah. of what animation was like back in the days when we were all impressed with wizards. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Fire and so ice. Yeah. Heavy metal. Heavy metal. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. Yep. How do we... Well, it's, I don't know. There's some parts uh, of it that are horror, yeah. Heavy so. metal freaks Most me out because right? I saw it so often when I was in high school that I hadn't seen it for like 25 years and we put it on in the store and I'm walking through the back getting somebody's movies, and I'm just talking along with the movie. Yeah. And you didn't realize you'd imprinted? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize I had imprinted until suddenly I was like, oh my god, I can recite all of heavy metal. Yeah. (laughs) That is not good. I can't remember my phone number. (laughs) Eventually we'll find a way to purge those memories and use those brain cells for, you know, useful information, like my computer login. You know, on on my last episode of my podcast, Daniel and I were discussing, because uh, I still have to see Valerian. And I couldn't remember if Valerian was part of heavy metal or not. Yeah, I've been hearing less than stellar. Mm. But this got me thinking about, you know, the magazine. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, me too. Metal Hurland, which, of course, got published in America as heavy metal. Okay. And that was an introduction for a lot of people to a lot of amazing artists. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and stories that were different from what you'd see in American comics. Yeah. Um, Sam yeah. Keith, Mobius. Yep. Yeah. Mobius. There is a there is like four boxes of heavy metal issues <laughs> in our house right now because in, Pete in, shipped them in, over in from the ton, the ton. Yes, in the actual metric ton awesome. of of things yeah. Pete shipped back over from Wales. It's the entirety of his life pre moving to the U.S. Every Judge <laughs> Dread comic. <laughs> oh, um, that's awesome. <laughs> speaking of uh, charming rock and roll, not quite horror, but on the edges of it is Midnight Ballad for Ghost Theater. That was so cute. Uh, a Korean. Um, ghost story uh that's really hard to find and i actually uh sent uh some south korean (laughs) ebay seller seller because i wanted the soundtrack so bad and i gave them money and it never came to me um but the it is charming and midnight ballad for ghost theater and it's it available last i checked it's still available in its entirety on youtube 
Um, but it's very sweet. And it's 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 got some very um, Korean uh, comedy, which can be a bit wacky. Yeah, they can um, be pretty broad in their comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still, it's just, it's, it's very Tim Burton in music. I mean, it yeah. has everything from almost like a pure metal song to... Yeah. So, how did you guys feel about Repo the Genetic Opera? I want to like it more than I do. Me too. I want yeah. to like it, but it feels like Trapped in the Closet for Goss. Yeah. You are You know how wrong. in Trapped in the Closet, um, he reuses the same tune again and again in every yeah. chapter? And I felt a lot of that in Repo the Genetic Opera. So it's a direct descendant of every Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. <laughs> One good song, constantly reused. Yeah, I, I think my... Because, again, there's some good How things scary. in there. It's a, there are... <laughs> I, I think part of it is, A, the grave robber is a great character, and, of course, Anthony Stewart Head is yeah. going to get our attention. The but costumes yet, are great. The costume it looks great. It's, it's a, a it's great another fucking movie. idea that isn't done really well. Yeah. yeah. It's and a back of, it's a show it at the club movie. Yeah. yeah. It has become and beautiful. And I a never, midnight cult movie. Yeah. The, kids love it. The kids yeah. love it. The kids and are all out I there. I have and... never made it entirely through Devil's Carnival. And I have been yeah. watching for Abattoir to finally come out for a couple of years. And then it finally did. And of of everything he's done, I like I like it the most, but it still feels um like a partly made idea. Yeah, like like he, not entirely baked. Like yeah. he, like he needs somebody finalizing things for him or editing mm. him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, your your entire him an ending would be a good that. I mean, yeah. I God bless you. I mean, you know, this would be so fucking cool. Is a great starting point, but it can't be the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, along the lines of uh, things with really good soundtracks, mm-hmm. I have a couple more. Yes. Um, I tried to look back into the 50s to see, like, you know, instead of being like, well, there's as much metal. You know, there's like giant Gila monster where there's a rock and roll band in it. Yeah, they used to love like in the that. 50s to insert a rock band randomly into music yeah. into a movie to try and get the teens in. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Part of the drive-in um, pole kind of yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was That's part of why the, a lot of those schlocky horror movies got made. So they could be sent out to drive-ins to get the teens in. Yeah. Um, There's a movie that's made in the 80s, and I cannot remember the name of it. I don't think it's in Seminoid, but it was billed as, like, the most offensive horror movie ever made. Because it's about a monster that goes around and rapes women. And it has like a giant penis, and it destroys them. Yeah, that would be. I don't care if it has that is a the random name. moment where they walk <laughs> into a bar, and Iron Maiden is on stage, and they just cut to Iron Maiden for a full song, and then he walks back out of the bar, and it's never mentioned again. Well, it's not there. Yeah. It's the only good part of the movie. There's, there's uh, uh, using fifties music though. There's Christine. Yes, oh. Christine uses the music very effectively in it. Oh yeah. As does if you want to, you know go around into various subjects but American Werewolf in London also oh, uses yeah. uh, some oh, yeah. rock tunes yeah. the the sequel is not very good but it has a lot of very it's got Bush in it, it's got a lot of more yeah. modern contemporary yeah. rock to it uh, and, and uses it fairly well in there as does some. T- there's a couple of songs in Underworld that, that yeah. another and, and style Blade. over substance. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a the style. opening of Blade. Yes. The, the opening oh, of Blade. Oh, I just watched that the other night. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was it even, still holds a place in my I, heart. I, I love Blade, 
but I don't think that putting blood sprinklers in your club is great. It's like, let's say that I was in a club and a beer sprinkler came on. I don't want that all over me. That's food. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. that could be a very particular fetish, but... No, I was, uh, you were talking <laughs> 50s for and I just realized, you know, I was talking about seeing Ega mm-hmm. earlier when I went to see it. <laughs> had a rock it, band? It had, well, uh, Arch Hall Jr.'s character is a musician, and he does three songs in the movie, including one where he's just got a guitar in the desert, starts playing, and they're suddenly full orchestral accompaniment. So, uh, That's like a Cobra Starship video. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Into, yeah. Well, Arch Hall Jr. was very much trying to be, or he, possibly his father was trying to make him, be a teen idol yeah. by whatever means necessary. Oh, right, right. That was... So he was always doing songs in his movies. Yeah. Um, have any of you seen the movie The Sadist that he's in? I am familiar he's great with it. in it. It's okay. so scary. He just... Some people's car break down and he starts... He's this crazy, I guess, teenager. And he just starts stalking them and killing them. Hmm. And it's a 50s movie, and he's so good oh in it. Oh my god, that okay, I know what don't you're talking about, but I haven't. When I tell them there's a good Arch Hall Jr. movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, no, it's really scary. I think that's the best thing he's remembered for, to be honest. Uh, well, now Ega, but that's thanks to MST3K. Yeah. There was that, uh, if we can go into surf rock, there was what that psycho. Psycho like Beach, beach party. party. Psycho yeah, Beach true. Party. I love that movie. Uh, not. Amazingly horror. It's a horror comedy sort of satire parody. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the last one that I have for things that just have like soundtracks that are quite possibly better than or made the movie. Night of the Demons is made by that Bauhaus. You're film. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I only True. wanted to watch it for the Bauhaus dance scene. I did it's not remember okay. how dire the rest of the movie was. The movie was. is dire. I have seen the remake. Oh dear God! Starring Shannon Elizabeth and Edward Furlong, and it does not even have the benefit of Bauhaus, does it? No. Oh. What it does have, and this is the, it is a it is a <laughs> terrible retread of that, that strips out any of the like good energy <laughs> that the first one had. Like you just like that that kind of. Bubbly, trashy, yeah, 80s trashy eighties horror. Yeah. Yeah, the, the energy, like the, 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 the feeling like they're there. Trying so hard. Yeah, that, that they're really into that. it. That they want to be there. You know, right. that they're having fun making this film and turning it into this terrible, overproduced yeah. sequel oh, or a, a remake. But what it does have, because it is a terrible, overproduced, trying too hard remake. Uh, well, it has forty five grave on the soundtrack. Aww. It has Wednesday thirteen. Which are like, okay, you have Wednesday 13, you have 45 Grave. And then, again, overproduced, trying too hard. The other Two of the other songs on its soundtrack, Black Number One by Typo Negative. And... The song all goth girls know too well. And the, song the other song... Compilation tapes. The other song uh-huh. goth girls know all too well, Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. Yeah. Oh, dear. That song... Same compilation tape. Yeah, same compilation tape. So yeah, it's, me in the it's just you, where the Bauhaus one was like, you're, you're just like, whoa, Bauhaus is in this movie. It's really, you know, they, they, they know what they're going for in this. And then you're like, is this goddamn concrete blonde? <laughs> Fuck you. 
I will merely mention that at this moment, I am wearing a lipstick that was explicitly designed as the inspiration was all typo negative songs. So yes, I'm wearing bloody kisses right now. Thank you very much. Stamp my goth card. I like typo negative. I do too. I like Concrete Blonde. I have their albums and everything. This movie was just, it was just, it it was capitalizing on it. You're just like, a little too hard. It's, it's like your dad coming in being like, this is cool, right? Yeah, that was that was the feeling that you got out of the remake. Speaking of trying too hard, I, I would feel remiss on this subject if we did not at least mention, I feel bad, Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, man. So I listed, never watched it. Well, it, I haven't watched it either. I mean to because it's directed by a woman and it's yeah. supposed to be really interesting yeah. in that yeah. way. The only reason is the the weapon of the killer. Sally Mae Brown is... No, 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 no. I'm thinking of... No, you think of Rita Mae Brown. She's Rita Mae Brown. Yeah. Yes. I love her. Yes. The the murder weapon is a electric guitar with a giant drill bit on the end. Oh. Don't have to be Fellini to figure that oh. one out. <laughs> So, so look for the for the final tour. All bad things must come to an end. Last Motley Crue tour ever. Nikki Six had a bass that was rigged to shoot flame that he played during "Shout at the Devil." It Adorable. Was, it was a transcendent moment. It was kind of wonderful. Well, that's a good transition point back into a movie that is not about rock and roll, but is completely rock and roll adjacent. Because when the <laughs> Finnish metal band Lordy plays, oh, no. they have sparks that shoot off of the ends of their guitars during certain songs. They have little sparklers. So, we watched Dark Floors. You did watch it? I, I, I had a credit. I've never even heard of it's the Dark Lordy Floors. movie. It's, it's the Lordy, Lordy movie. movie. So, oh, if, you, if you know who it's Lordy is, they, they won the Eurovision, like, what, ten years ago now, I think, with their song Hard Rock Hallelujah. They dress up like monsters, and then they they go now. It's goth war. It's it's the it, it is it's a horror movie. It's not bad on its own. It's a, yeah. It it doesn't come together. No. Is the problem is that it doesn't you it it takes you on a ride, and you're kind of like okay, I see where things these threads are kind of converging, and then there's just no really good payoff to it. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Um, yeah. it's it's still decent the the yeah, I mean, the threadbare has, you know. ending to it like the threadbare bit that's there is not terrible they're yeah. way worse movies right um, so it's still solid it's got good creepy ambiance the weirdness it just, is it's just every time a monster shows up you're like that's a member of the band <laughs> and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's also well, because they're that's i told her that that's i'm like keyboardist. and that's the keyboardist. and that's the lead singer of course they're is. all different monsters so they show up they're in this hospital enough. And there's the the hell bull. There's the mummy guy. There's the the weird bride uh, specter one. And and then there's Mister Lordy, who is this giant demon. But they're all different, and they don't explain why the hell all these things are here, and like why they're all like, why is there a mummy in here? So they're like the weird metal version of the village people. Yeah. 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 I never, it sounds like they've got kind of a guar vibe. That's why I call them the, gua, the goth guar. They're, they're actually got a little bit of a rivalry, a friendly rivalry between them and guar. A, a bit of a, of a friend, sometimes friendly, sometimes not rivalry with them. They they will tell you that they are, because uh, Mr. Lordy started the band, that they are more inspired by Kiss. That is where he drew his, right. his actual Lordy inspiration. Lordy uses less stage blood. Um, Lord, Lordy doesn't use pretty much any, but you know, so they, the, the movie, and I wanted to see what Jen's reaction to it, because the movie follows 
the the uh, formula for lordy music videos, or at least the good ones, um, as evidenced by the I think the best one, Blood Red Sandman, uh, where your people are in a location, weird things start happening, lordy appears and rocks out at you, and that's the end of the video. Well, that sounds absolutely it, terrifying. It's 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 almost all of the the Hard Rock when Hallelujah, Blood Red Sandman, uh, the Devil is a Loser. Like, and a lot of their songs are just follow this formula, and every one of them I find great, because and, that's what they do, is just and, rock and, at you. And, and when Jim and I first started dating, that was the first thing he ran to do, was to show me, like, this is an accurate representation of things Jim likes. Yes. And so he All showed right. me them, and I was like, I am so glad these make you happy. And then we watched the Lordy movie, and then he's like, let me show you that. I'm like, I'm not, I've, I've watched the video. So, okay, but I so love you, and but I've, people, I've done my time. People go someplace, something weird or vaguely supernatural happens, mm-hmm. a heavy metal musician appears and rocks out at them. Heavy metal monster musicians. My yes. right. god, it's like how I spent most Saturday nights in the 90s. So, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Blood Red Sandman is wow. basically an homage to the Evil Dead movies, because yeah. it's in a cabin with a bunch really of kids. Is. But yes, like, suddenly the kids start getting attacked, or they disappear, or whatever, and then... As you're like, what is happening? What strange things are happening? Then the band Lordy suddenly all appear and rock out at the survivor or whatever. <laughs> and and that is basically towards the end of it, is that, that they just rock out at them and then there's some kind of conclusion to whatever was happening. Have you seen the movie Rockula? I have. So have I. I love that movie and here's why. Okay. It is the quintessential crappy Z-grade B-movie 1980s rock movie. It is. With Tony Basil. Tony Basil plays the mother. Um, it's got B.B. King in it for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of people in it for no good reason. Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby plays the villain. He's got to kill somebody by hitting him with a ham bone because it's foretold in prophecy. It's really dumb. And I absolutely love it. And there's a song in it, uh, a rap song of sorts. Which contains the lyrics, he's the DJ, I'm the vampire. And I love that song unabashedly. It makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. So speaking of of dumb movies that have a... With Thomas Dolby, and I know you you will never watch it again, but Ken Russell's Gothic, where the entire score was done by Thomas Dolby and brought us the not hit single, but it deserved to be, The Devil is an Englishman. I love that movie, but it might just be young Julian Sands running across rooftops naked. I just laughed my way through that movie. It's, but it's, when it's I ridiculous. saw that in high school, because I loved, I loved Julian Sands in high school. Me too. And, and I remember watching it and just being like, yes! And then I watched it a year and a half ago, and I was like, the fuck? <laughs> and then you gave me the DVD. And I literally said, take this with you. I don't want this in my house anymore. Because yes. everybody just made me want to knock their heads together. I, that is yeah, a yeah. perfectly reasonable reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, about music videos, this, when, I was, when I was starting to do research for this... And, you know, I looked at all the, you know, the obvious ones of, like, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, where you yeah. have Vincent Price doing the narration. You know, every Motley Crue video, every Ozzy Osbourne video, you know, you've got Guar, you've got Rob Zombie. <laughs> but I realized, and this this is where some of my weird musical allegiance lies, so 
two albums ago for Fallout Boy, when they did Save Rock and Roll, they did a 14-video mini-movie. It's a video for every song, and it's it's all sequential according to the tracks on the album, and it is basically about this weird mind-control cult led by Courtney Love, so that's totally plausible, actually, um, <laughs> hunting down the members of Fallout Boy and kidnapping the lead singer and doing a ritual so he's possessed by a demon and yeah. he goes to try and kill the rest of his bandmates. There is a video where they go to hell and Tommy Lee from Motley Crue is the devil. <laughs> and at the very the, the last video, which is the, the song Save Rock and Roll, this was when I first heard the album. I was like, how the hell did you pull off that? Because they got Sir Elton John to play piano on the song and sing on it and the video is them is the band going to heaven and sir elton comes down in this beautiful white suit singing at them and then courtney love in another scene manages to invoke the demon and everyone's heads explode and sir elton john gets covered in stage blood and when these videos first started dropping all of the fallout boy fans were like what the hell is this what Patrick Stump is possessed by the... They just cut off his hand? What is going on? And so, like, the four of us who are, who are horror fans are like, this is fantastic. This is like every fanfic I've ever wanted come to life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fanfic. It is amazing. I will send you the link because it is... Just, I will watch those videos it is because fantastic. I have lots of spare time. It is fantastic. So, on things that I feel we would be remiss if it was at least said... <clears throat> Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. It is a driving force for change in the lives of a young of a certain generation. Yes. So I, I feel compelled to tell my perfect Rocky Horror story, which is It's probably better than mine. I saw it I was taken to see it when I was twelve, the summer before my freshman year, because a bunch of us had heard about it and we really, really wanted to go see it, so we talked dad into taking us. Dad, being the man that he is, did a bunch of reading on it, went and found newspaper articles, went to the library, read some stuff. So he takes me and my two best friends to this. We're in line. We're all excited. And one of the cast members for the Shadow Cast comes by, looks at us, and says, Have you girls seen this movie before? And we all went, Yes. And then Dad leans over us and with an evil grin says, they're lying and pushes us forward. <laughs> That's awesome. That that is Dad, That's... and he then took me and my friends to go see it every month Aww. for like two years. Yeah, I uh, my parents took me to see it too. I did not show in our town; it showed in the town my sister lived in. So we would have to drive thirty miles to her house and stay overnight after the movie because we didn't want to drive all the way home. Right, and I saw it there. A lot. Yeah. Like, every time I could possibly get to Ashland, Oregon, I was there. See, I remember hearing about the movie when I was, like, in 10th grade. And um, I had seen a... I know, hold your surprise back, but I heard about it in some documentary on something. <laughs> um, but I'd never managed to see it because I grew up in northern Minnesota. There was nothing there. Yeah. There was no means for me to see it. Um so when I went off to college, um, I had a group of friends that wanted to put it on at the local college campus. And so they pulled together a bunch of people to do it. Having never seen it, um, I played Columbia. And then for a month, yeah, for a month, watched it multiple times a day 
as we were like learning everything to do it. Uh huh. Um, and while I still enjoyed it after that, and did go to a couple of other performances of it, boy. Yeah, I you just, had a very different introduction to it. Yeah, than, yeah, and and then plus just the, it just I really enjoyed it for what it was, and I'm glad I, I'm glad that's something I have to look back on of having done, and it was a lot of fun. But I just I can't watch it for fun. It just holds a very sweet place in my heart. But that's it. For me, it was the first time I ever knew that there were other freaks in the world. Because our town had no movie theater, yeah. it was super tiny, and everybody yeah. owned a cattle ranch or worked on a cattle ranch, Yeah. except for me and, like, a few other kids that yeah. hated me. Yeah. And so I had no idea that there were men running around in garter belts and fishnet stockings yeah. and eyeliner, yeah. and it was all over from that point on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can we take a moment to just mention... Uh, the craziness out of Japan that is Wild Zero. Oh my god, I love Wild Zero. I gave it a rewatch. <laughs> it is... It's goofy. It is yes, so goofy. It is I so goofy. It, it makes it, almost no sense. And it has no linear story. No, but it has the band Guitar Wolf. Yep. Yes. And that is their name, Guitar Wolf. You can blow a whistle and get... Well, only a friend of theirs who's their biggest fan, they give him a whistle that he can call to summon them. And then aliens show up and start turning everyone into zombies. Yep. Yes. Um, and then there's motorcycle riding and, and finding potential girlfriends and saving them. It's very sweet. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And, they're, they're, and they also zombies. have a, uh, the, the band has like a, a 50s uh, rock band aesthetic. Aww. So they're all kind of greaser looking. Yeah. It, it's it's super fun. It's absolutely worth seeing. And, and it's and crazy. It, and it's, makes a Japanese no, it's Japanese and it's makes weird. no sense. And you... Really don't need any subtitles for it. don't want it to make sense. Because it's, it's only going to make slightly more sense than if you just watch it raw, just just watch it on the side of, you know, I disagree. at a club. disagree. I enjoy the subtitles. <laughs> so, I'm not, it, it, but it doesn't... You, it's you, you a still, very straightforward zombie yes. story. If you didn't have subtitles, you would still know what is happening because yeah. you've seen a zombie movie before. Yeah. But it is crazy. So this is like the... the ex- the like ninety minute movie that the Japanese rock band Malice Miser did, which is entirely their own retelling of Dracula. Wait, wait, I want to know more about this movie. Like, where does it exist, oh, and how God, can I see Dracula. it? You can come to my house and watch it because I own the DVD. Is this the Dracula of the musical? No, oh, no, no, no. Else. This is they took one of their albums and then filmed a almost feature length movie where it's loosely based on Dracula, but there's some bits of Interview with a Vampire in there, and all the band plays... And the band are so beautiful. Like, vampires, and... Apparently, I saw, like, a trailer for it. I posted that trailer to Tumblr the other week, so that's how you saw it. So it's all these incredibly beautiful musician guys wandering around in frock coats while birds flap by in slow motion. There is nothing And there's fog, and yeah, it's... Burbs? Burbs. Burbs. Space (laughs) burbs. Slow-mo burbs. It is... It is amazing. <laughs> I, I, it looks gorgeous. I have no idea if it has a plot, and I do not care if it has a plot. I think it has a plot, but I really don't know, and sounds, I don't care. Sounds like the prequel to Queen of the Damned. It is, in a way, with much prettier people. Has I, anybody else? I have, a, I have a version. The best I have is a version of Nosferatu that's set to the to typo negative songs. I Ooh. have that, too. Yep. Um, has anybody here seen Deathgasm? Because I have not. I have not... 
I have it. I got it for free in one of my horror boxes. I've just yeah. never watched it. Six I watched think... it, and he said this movie should have been just perfect for me, and I didn't like it, so I just. Yeah, I just never got to it. Yep, I am either. I uh, <laughs> the uh, the very last thing that I have on my list is just a, a TV show from Canada that I have fond memories of from several years back. I don't know how well it holds up with my modern sensibilities, but Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Oh yeah, uh, that has war in it. And it's it's uh, fun. Um, and it's one of the guys from War. I'm not sure. Uh, no, I think you're thinking of Holliston. Oh, you're right. I am thinking of Holliston. You're thinking yeah. of Holliston, which does have Dave Brocky from uh, mm-hmm. War. Who's his imaginary and, friend. Yeah, his imaginary Snyder. friend. Yeah, sure. Dave Brocky from Gore. Yeah. But Todd the Book of Pure Evil has... Um, uh, Jason Muse in it oh. as the uh, as the school janitor, and it is the story Ooh, of a young kid, for. the the eponymous Todd, who uh, has been is basically chosen that he will be the ultimate vo- uh, vessel of evil, uh, and there is a book of pure evil that once it he holds it and reads from it, it will possess him, and evil will reign over the world through Todd, uh, <laughs> and the the adventures of him and his friends who are trying to fight the Book of Pure Evil as it flies around the school, turning other people into evil versions of themselves. Oh, that sounds fun. I'll and, that. like, the one, the one, the, the kid that, that's his drummer, because he's, Todd is a guitarist, he's a heavy he metal is. guitarist, uh, get, loses his hand at one point and then goes into the metal shop and fashions a bionic replacement. Sure. That should give you the level of, like... Yeah, I... Weirdness and silliness that this movie yeah. is. He just has a bionic hand for the rest of the, the show. Sure. So it's and and it's monster of the week a lot of the time as the 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 book finds some monster. new person and turns them into the monster. This it was kind of fun. the The principal is the 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 school is the is Crowley High School. Their <laughs> their their mascot is the goat. Nice. Uh, and uh, you know their their principal is actually the. Uh, the ringleader of a satanic cult that's trying to, to worship the Book of Pure Evil and get it there. But I, I have fond memories of it. Uh, I haven't rewatched it in a while. So that reminds me of... Uh, and I, So there was a TV show briefly on, I want to say, CW that lasted not a season <laughs> called Dead Last about a rock band who come into possession of an amulet that, that it affects them that they all gain the ability to see and interact with ghosts huh. oh. and they have to and the, the the ghosts will not leave them alone until they help them resolve whatever's keeping right, them right because that's Earth. all ghosts ever do so uh but it's it's uh, only notable in that the one of the leads of it was uh tyler uh i want to say Levine, uh tucker and dale versus evil oh tyler tucker Levine. Dale tyler Levine, Levine, yeah Super yeah, fun. he was the lead of the series. So, uh, yeah, I mean, f- a completely forgettable show. He did it before he did Reaper. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, rock, it's a rock band. It's a rock band <laughs> dealing with ghosts. So, Jim, your description of Todd in the book of Ultimate Evil made me think... Pure Evil. Pure Evil, sorry. Pure Evil. Um, what was that video game that was the heavy metal-based video game? It had Jack Black voicing the lead character and it got all of these heavy metal cameos in there I mean, yes brutal. Uh, brutal it was um 
Uh, God, it was uh, brutal legend. Brutal legend, because they had Ozzy as one of the. They had Lemmy. They had Lemmy. Lemmy was in it as the the Killmeister. Yeah, and oh my uh, and yes. surprisingly, they used a lot of obscu- more obscure metal and newer metal bands. So That's how I was exposed to Angel Witch. There were some really good pieces of music in there, and the part where they go, where his character goes into the frozen north part of the metal land, and it's vaguely gothy yep. doom metal. So I was like, wait, wait, look at the credits. Tell me what band this is while Pete was playing it. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going on YouTube and finding the song. All right, I'm going to be a butt. You're tired. I'm tired, and yep. it is hotter than hell in here. I think almost literally. It is a little toasty. Yep. Um, it has been, we are having a heat wave in Seattle, and in order to have decent sound quality, we can't really have any fans running. And so we are all big sweat puddles right now, and it's late. For me. <laughs> it's actually late for me, too. Yeah. We're okay. about an hour past my bedtime. Yeah. We're weird morning people. We're not by choice. Yeah, it's, it's our jobs. It's commutes yeah. and jobs. All right. So, thank you for joining us uh, with Don't Read the Latin, and we will see you in two weeks. Have a good night, all. Bye. 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 <laughs> Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com. On Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>